0: You're so worthy this morning. Thankful to be here in his house. And good to see everyone. Boy, hope we didn't miss something. (laughs) Well, we're all in it together, ain't we? God's good. One verse of scripture this morning John 8 and 36. We'll continue on. Uh, Chapter 14, we're moving right along in our lessons. So, John chapter 8 and verse 36, one statement the Lord makes in a, uh, a long list of things he says in this chapter that are so good, but as he was instructing and teaching and speaking with the Jews on their current condition, he winds up saying this, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Today we're going to talk about finally free. When you say finally, it's like whew, it means it's been a while. I've endured some things. A lot of stuff's been going on, but finally, you know, a lot of you guys will say I finally graduated. You'll be <laughs> and I endured some things, and but um, some of you will say I finally got married. Well, wow, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's You know, and so finally, it's been a period of time of waiting, prayer, things of endurance. And finally, uh, the subtitle to this is, is finally letting go of the past. So we're going to talk about some things that hinder us. So let's pray together for the lesson. Lord, we love you and thank you today. We just give you honor and glory in this house. You're worthy to be praised. Lord, we love you dearly. Now, Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts to receive from your word. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. If we could be better, Lord, be more like you, Lord, we just want to be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap and shout of praise. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be free. And, and not just free, but free indeed, really. A lot of people say they're free, but a lot of people don't act like they're free. But, but when you're free indeed, there's no other way to act. You can be seated. I'm, I feel like preaching a little bit. But, uh, and, and, and the sad thing is is that this scripture applies to the church, to the people. And, and it's sad that there's some who uh, they're in a place where they could be and even should be free, but they're not. They say, I'm free, but are you free indeed? The the word indeed means, in that that Greek, the translation, it means really. In other words, are you really free? It means certainly. It means I certainly am free. It doesn't matter what anything else is. It's just like the sky certainly is blue. (laughs) Can't do nothing about it. Go out there and look, it's blue. The grass is green. It's whatever you know, you it's a fact, in other words, I am in fact, I am free and then clean. You know, if you uh, have been outside working and out, weed eating, doing stuff, you got grass and dust and dirt all over you, and uh, when you go and take a shower, you are free from what has stuck to you, and uh, this is what. Uh, Jesus came to do. He came to make us free. Indeed, you know, he there. There's freedom in the world, and there's freedom in the Lord. It's just like there's peace in the world. Jesus said that, "My peace I leave with you, not as the world, not, not like the world's peace. They have their peace. Their peace is found in they think in stuff and in things and in doing. But the peace that I give you is real." When I give you, see, because people have, they can get all the stuff they think they need for peace, and still they're at un, they're uneasy. They're they're not at rest. They're anxious. They're not really at peace. But once you have Him, it doesn't matter what else is going on. You're at peace, and uh, I think that's what He wanted them to understand when they were in that boat and it was being rocked by that storm. Uh, you haven't yet embraced what I'm here to give you. That's why I'm sleeping, and y'all y'all should have took a nap too. But. Um, Instead, you, were, you knew I was here, and you don't see me worrying, but you are. So you're not really at peace. You're walking with the Prince of Peace, but you don't have peace. And so uh, I don't want to walk with the, the one who gives me freedom and liberty and not really have it. So if he makes you free indeed, you really are free. You certainly are free, and uh, you are clean free from your phones, free from your... Uh, uh, free indeed. Hey, It happens to all of us. Don't worry about that. And that's the thing. It, finally, free from the past. We all have a past. There's you, you don't come to the Lord without one. And so he has already made provisions to provide for that. He knows that you have a past. As, if there is any... Thing uh, that the, the scripture, when it tells us to lay aside every weight, there is no doubt about it that the greatest weight that we carry is our past, uh, because there's so much associated with our past—guilt and shame, regret, uh, so much that uh, that that just latches on to it, man. It's like uh, you, you know, your, your past is 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 like a, a mama possum. You ever? You ever seen how a possum carries its babies? They are just all piled on it, and that's what your past is. And on on the on that past, there's guilt and shame and regret and fear and anxiety and stress and 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 all kind of things that that they just attach itself. In. And so you're not you're just carrying so much with that. That's why the scripture said, "Man, lay that stuff aside," and uh, it. It wouldn't ask you to lay it aside or instruct you to lay it aside if it was impossible to lay it aside. But but what being free indeed is is the ability to actually do that, to actually lay aside that weight, to be free indeed. Jesus said, I'm going to make it possible. Whenever we start really believing that some of these scriptures are not just to... Uh, we mistake feeling good for actually being better that happens in church so often especially in the altars because we because you should feel better when you pray but uh feeling better isn't always being better uh and sometimes people mistake feeling better for everything's fixed and it's not uh, you should feel better you should, uh, when you approach the Lord, when you talk to Him, when you get in His presence. And, you, uh, man, you pray and weep and you speak in tongues, you unburden yourself. You should feel better. That doesn't mean that you are better yet. And so many people go, go their way and they have deceived themselves. Because the Bible says, look, uh, don't deceive yourself. If you think you're something when you're nothing, you deceive yourself. And so when you think you're free but you're not, you deceive yourself. And then you get uh, upset. And then you get discouraged because, man, I just prayed in the altar. I spoke in tongues for an hour. and I got home and poof, here it is again. Oh well, yeah, because you've got to uh, want more than just feeling better. You've got to want to be better. And uh, to be better, we've got to do some things. And Jesus has made it possible where we can be free, not just in uh, theory, but free indeed. We can really be free, certainly be free. We can be clean from what's, uh, we can be free from what is on our exterior, what's on the interior. He cleanses uh, he, he said, "I will wash you with clean water and he said I'll take that stony heart out and put a heart of flesh inside of you I'll wash you and you will be clean and so that's free and so we all have these things from the past something traumatic that could have that either we did or was done to us that uh, hurt us and uh you know heartbroken hurt uh trauma abuse all kind of things that happen and uh you know and it brings up questions how did you know we we live with all this how, how could this have happened and and what did I do to this person that they would hurt me like this or uh, you know how can I go back out in public now or you, know, you just have all this stuff that starts clouding you up and, and attaching itself to you and it's your past and so to to deal with that we we try to you know where well, we retreat in these little secret places we have, we we've got this uh place where we lock that up. It's a hiding place, but and so we try to move on. you know you you maybe you get older and you move out of your house, you move to another town, you move to another city, but you never move from that secret place. you You keep the secret, and the secret keeps you. It keeps you shackled. It, it makes you a prisoner. You have learned to act free, but on the inside, you're still a prisoner. You go through the motions, you got it down right on the outside, nobody can even really tell, but inwardly you know that I'm still chained to this. And from the very moment that Adam and Eve failed in the gar- garden, there was a uh, it's like a principle was set and it's a, you know you wonder how can one moment in someone's life possess the power to mark them forever because that one thing that Adam did by the disobedience of one man many <laughs> and 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 so it's there and uh sometimes things happen to us and, and it's like we take it to us and we bury it inside and we think like I say we think we're keeping a secret but it's keeping us and it's like it's part of us. It's like a, almost like a, a, conjoined twin or something. It's just there. It's no matter what you do. It's there. No matter where you're at. No matter how you're doing. How you're feeling. It's there. And and so it, and and that happens sometimes, but not because of what anything we did. Just of what was done to us. You know, in scripture, I was I was thinking as I was reading this morning. It brought to mind when uh, Jacob's wife Rachel, when she was. Uh, Having giving birth to uh, Benjamin. That was not Benjamin's first name. That was his original name because she was uh, having a hard delivery, very hard, very sorrowful, and she was dying as she was delivering him. And so uh, as she was taking her last breath, she named him, and she named him Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. Now, names are very important in the Scripture. People knew what their names meant. And they had meaning. And so, but this child, he's just being born. He did nothing for this. And, and now he would be labeled like that forever if his father had not stepped in and said, no, his name is Benjamin. And Benjamin means son of the right hand, and which is a place of power and prominence. So so uh, the father has the power to change what could stick with you the rest of your life and there was another child not so fortunate uh, when Eli uh, the day that uh, Israel was they lost the ark Eli the priest both of his uh, Hophni and Phinehas both were killed Phineas's wife is uh, giving birth and they come and tell her both your husband is dead. Your brother-in-law is dead. Your your father-in-law is dead. And also the Philistines took the ark. And so as she's dying, she names her son Ichabod, which means inglorious or the glory has departed. And it says she named him because she said the glory has departed from Israel. Nobody changes his name. This child grows up. He's Ichabod. Everybody that says he goes walks up. Hey, I'm Ichabod. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think I'll shake your hand, you know, uh, because they know what his name means. Why are you called that? And he has to live with the story. Why did she name me that? Because a tragedy happened that day. But I had nothing to do with that tragedy, and that's the way it is sometimes in our life. We had nothing to do. We didn't cause this, but it was done to us, and it happened to us. And so uh, we don't have, when these things happen, we don't, have all the answers and sometimes we don't even have all the questions to ask we don't know what to do but there's one thing that we do all want and that's to be able to live free indeed we want to be free from that that cancer of condemnation we we, we want to uh and that my friend there is an answer because in christ uh we are new creatures and it says there is therefore no condemnation to them uh, who are in Christ. and He is the answer. There's no condemnation in Him. So He is able to actually make you free indeed. We've bought into this that He can only save my eternal soul, but He's going to leave me miserable while I'm here on earth. That's not living for God. That's not free indeed. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure if we're ready for heaven because you can't buy into a part of the gospel. You can't only believe he's a soul saver and he can't fix your life. You, that's, uh, I'm not even sure that you can have faith enough to believe I can be saved and go to heaven, but Jesus will forsake me while I'm living my life and just leave me uh, in these things because he can make you free indeed. He showed it through scripture. He showed what he did with people's lives as he walked here. Uh, he He changed their lives completely. He was able to not only save souls, but he was able to change lives, give people a new walk in their life. He he could do that, and he can do that for us today. There is real, true freedom in him, freedom in the gospel. Freedom was, listen, for the first couple, freedom was hardwired into their DNA because they had no condemnation. They walked in liberty they they had authority there in that garden they were they had dominion there they had fellowship with god there was nothing that they had to repent over to ask forgiveness over there was no they had no they had no past if you would say hey what's your past adam uh walking with god in the garden talking every day that was it that was what they had uh, there was nothing until that incident it was there and so before Freedom was ever uh, a big political charged slogan. Uh, it, it was a, a God thing. God wanted us to be free. It was his idea to make his children free. And they had liberty in that garden. Eat anything you want, go wherever you want to, stay away from that place. That was it. Just follow the rules. You'll be all right. And so uh, it's a mistake for us to believe, you know, our, our walk with God, our relationship with God, it's an intimate relationship, intimacy with God. But you're fooling yourself if you think you actually have an intimate relationship with God if you keep opening up the door that He closed and going back down into that dark place of your past, revisiting all those bad memories, revisiting all those things you did. He forgave you. He cleansed you. He washed you. The Bible says he called us out of darkness. There's no reason for me to go back into the dark. There's no reason. But we do that. We revisit that over and over and over. We keep, uh, you know, it, now it's going to always call to you. But you've got to learn to stop going back uh, and reliving and revisiting things that God cleansed you of and God forgave you of. That's we've got to believe it's over, settled, done. When he said, when he them last words on the cross need to mean something. It is finished. This act right here is going to take care of sin. It's going to take care of your life. We've got to understand what the cross did for us. It's more than just a wonderful time of year to celebrate. How can you celebrate something and you don't even understand what it did? We are supposed to be free indeed. We are supposed to be finally free We're supposed to finally let go of the past. You know, I know memories, but there's a difference in having a memory and reliving. You know, there's no way to get rid of memories. Live long enough, age will take care of it. But but there's no way those things, it's there, it's in that brain that, that great computer that God stuck in that skull, That's you're going to remember some things but you don't have there's also power there to not make it a part of your life again not to, uh, you, you can separate it from you and say that's who I was, take to heart the scripture and such were some of you, when we read that list we think that that's things that those people have done but it could also be the things that are done to them. You know? And, that, uh, and so we've got to be able to let go of those things and accept that I am washed. I am sanctified and I am justified. And that, that word justified is so wonderful because it, it's like to be justified is like it never happened. It did happen. But Jesus makes it like it never did happen because he makes all things new. Old things are passed away. It's like it never happened. Oh, I know it happened, but it's like it never happened. It's like you never did it, and it's like it never was done to you. That's how you get finally free. Because if you're if you only accept that what he did on Calvary washed me from what I've done, you're only getting half of it. Because it washed you from what was done to you. It it don't just heal you for the mistakes you made, it heals you from the mistakes that were made toward you. Because he wants to heal you completely. He wants to make you whole. And we have a we don't have so hard of a time accepting, well, okay, he's fixed what I did, but we still hold on to what was done to us. But that's tied to our forgiveness. Because forgiveness, we got to forgive to be forgiven. Forgiveness is a gift I receive, but it's also a gift I give. And it helps make me finally free. Because when you forgive, you are free from it. If you will be. If you will be. There's no forced freedom. You choose it. It's in here. It's in here. And you decide, I'll be free or I won't be. That's what it is. There's, in this day and hour, you know, with with stuff that has come up lately with mental health issues and abuse and things like that, you, there's a day that does not go by that you don't hear a story of somebody who's dealing with pain and trauma, trying to free themselves from, you know, uh, these shackles from their past. They, they were heartbroken. They were hurt. They were abused. It's like a monster just eating their mind up. But walking with God, again, it's about intimacy. But here's a a clue. Secrets always poison intimacy. Secrets always poison intimacy. Slowly, very slowly, over time. It doesn't kill outright because while the secret's not known, things can be held together. But as soon as it begins to leak out, that's when things begin. And and, and when we have these things that we won't let go of, it damages us, our surroundings. It flips our world upside down. Every person who has ever walked out of a prison of abuse or pain, they did so with the understanding that honesty is the price that you pay again and again when you deal with your past. You have to be honest about that thing. It's scripture. Romans 12 and 17, Paul said, Recompense to no man evil for evil, but provide things honest in the sight of all men. And to the Corinthian church, he said, Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Because you can't, and that's just common sense. You can't say, well, I'm honest with God, and then be dishonest with people. Because if you're dishonest with people, God's looking like, hey, what are you doing? You can't be, uh, I'll tell you everything, God, but I'll be honest with you. I just won't be honest with everybody else. I won't be honest with myself or anybody else. You can't do that. It's not not a if and, it's one way or the other. Be honest with God and with men, provided honest. uh, Because when you're honest about it, you can deal with it. Living in total honesty is not the way the world works today. That's uh, that's not the way it is in culture, but we're not about culture. We're about covenant. And if we're in covenant with God, we've got to be honest with God. We've become comfortable. It, it, this is what, uh, anybody like to watch those home makeover shows? Oh, Chip and Joanna, man, made it big, didn't they? But extreme makeovers. You love you. You're like, they, they start out with this. Some of the, or the, look at that shack. I mean, it's a shack. It's falling in. There's holes in the, and then, you know, in 30 minutes, whoa, look at that. It's got indoor plumbing now. It's, you know, it's, I mean, how did they fit six bedrooms in that? You know, what did they do? Extreme makeover. And I think subconsciously it programs us to think everything's a quick fix. But let me tell you, you don't do an extreme makeover for hurt and pain. Uh, you, what they're doing is they're, they're slapping up drywall on, on top of stuff, and they're, they're, they're fixing everything. This is just what you, that's what you see now. And that's good for a house. But you can't just slap stuff over brokenness and hurt and pain in a life. It, it just, you know, let's say you're doing a extreme makeover on a house. You've got all the old stuff down. You're looking and there's a, a pipe in the wall. And you notice, man, that, that pipe's got a hole in it. Been like that. It's there. Got a hole in it. But you know what? Put this drywall up. Nobody will ever even see it. And guess what? It'll be fine until you need to use the water and that's what happens with them secrets is everything's fine until it ain't you had it covered but something happened and now all of a sudden there it is the problem is there and that's what would happen in that house every time you use the water where is that coming from Uh, this is a brand new house oh it's not brand new it was an old house that they made over but Jesus said, I want to make all things new. I'm not going to leave stuff with holes in it. I'm not going to leave stuff that's broken. I, 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 I went through what I went through to fix those kind of issues, not to just paste over it, not to just uh, cover it up. I came to wash you. Though your sins are scarlet, they'll be white. It's, not, it's going to change with me. It's not going to be the same anymore. It's going to change. I'm going to make you free indeed. But people are settling for makeovers on their life. And they have given up. When you settle for a makeover, you have given up on the opportunity for real freedom. And you're just living behind a mask of extreme makeover. But the problem with masks is that they never truly cover what we so desperately want to keep hidden. Because something always happens at the worst possible moment. And the things that we thought were hidden come Gushing out, just like a busted pipe behind a new sheetrock, new paint, new trim, new floor, new carpet, ruined because you covered it. And you, you, you end up, it's gushing, you, you, you realize you, these are the things that happen, the statements you make. I can't believe I said that. Well, you said it because instead of fixing it, you covered it up, and it was still there. That's why it came gushing out. I don't know why I keep getting involved with people who hurt me. Because you haven't fixed what was wrong with you. You haven't become free. So you keep going through the same actions and emotions. Or or you say, I just can't seem to stop myself. It's because there's something still there. You've got to let God fix it. I knew better, but I couldn't help myself. Because it's still there. Why do I keep pushing away the people who really love me? Because there's something you have not let Jesus fix yet. You've got to make, uh, uh, get it right. You've got to let him make you free indeed. He said, if the son therefore shall make you, make you free. Not force you, but make you. As a potter makes a vessel on the potter's wheel. He will make you free. You are free indeed. He, when he makes you free, he doesn't leave the stuff in there that would keep you a prisoner. He wants you to be free indeed. And he, uh, you know, when we think about the gospel, you, and you think about whether well, he went to Calvary, suffered, he died, okay, but what did that mean? Before he ever went to the cross, he had an opportunity to tell the people, this is what I'm here for. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus walks into the synagogue one day, and uh, I think starting around verse 16, Romans 4 and 16, says, Jesus, he came to Nazareth where he was brought up from. He's in his hometown, so people know him. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. You know what he's about to say. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the good news. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. When it's healed, It's healed. One writer said, Heal me and I shall be healed. So he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to them that are blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He gave it again to the minister, sat down, and the eyes of all them in the synagogue, they were looking at him. Because they had set in church week after week after week you know the excitement and stuff was just replaced with this is just the same old thing we hear all the time many times when jesus would speak they'd be like whoo we never heard it like this and they said because he talks like one who has authority not like the scribes and the pharisees they 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 just reading but this man's he's reading this like he knows what he's talking about. He, like he's got something better. And then he stood up and he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Yeah, he knew what he was talking about because it was about him. And he said, so it's going to be more than just what you see when you see me hanging on that cross. This is what this is going to provide for. And we know there's many other things out of Isaiah 53 that we could go to, uh, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. We went all over this last week talking about it. But uh, there's so many things that that sacrifice provided for. And so uh, at that moment, uh, Jesus was letting them know, here is what is available. Uh, And this is what, so just to recap what he said right there in that part, uh, that, I'm I'm chosen and anointed to bring good news, to preach the gospel. Prisoners are going to be pardoned. They're going to be let out. When a prisoner is pardoned, you know, in prison, you got to ask, hey, can I do this, can I do that? Can I go outside? You know, they, somebody else is governing what you do, how much outdoor time you go. When You're going to eat at the same time every day. You're going to cut the light out at the same time. But when you're pardoned, you're out. There's no more following them prison rules. You stay up all night if you want to. Eat what you want to. Go outside when you want to. You're free. You're pardoned. That's what Jesus said. You're not a prisoner anymore. You've been set free. Blind people would now be able to see again. There's a difference. When he said, when I'm opening eyes, they're going from dark to light, from not seeing to seeing. It's different. People who were burdened and battered, broken hearted, they would be released to walk free. And he says, and this starts now. Today, you can begin to believe and realize that this is what I have. And he had the ability to do that before he ever went to the cross. He could do it there because while he was on earth, he said, I have the power to forgive sins. I have power to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. That man's life's never going to be the same. Healed blinded eyes, they're never going to be the same. He changed their life forever. In that year, uh, the Jewish year of Jubilee, that's when things are restored to the way they were meant to be. And what Jesus does, what, uh, when we believe on him and, and when we come to him for salvation, he's going to put us back to the way we're meant to be. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, reconciled to be brought back into divine favor with God. He's going to get us back to the way we're supposed to be. And does that mean we won't make mistakes down the road? Absolutely not. But you are free from the mistakes of the past. You've got to believe you are finally free of that stuff that, oh, he washed me, he he cleansed me, he filled me with his spirit, but I'm still like this. How? Because we haven't accepted that it's more than just getting me to heaven. He's freeing me while I'm here. He's freeing me while I'm here. He's the resurrection and he's the life. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. He said, you're going to have a thief in your life. He's going to kill and steal and destroy. These are things done to you. You hear me? We're always thinking it is sacrifices for the things I've done. Well, sure it was. But he said, but I've also come for the things that have been taken from you, the things that were done to you. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. But you're, there is no a prisoner doesn't have abundant life. A slave in shackles does not have an abundant life. Oh, he gets to enjoy the sunshine and, and probably, oh, that's great. I, I'm glad I got, a, got to go out in the yard today. I want to do more than just go out in the yard every day. I want to walk in the liberty and the freedom that the Holy Ghost provided. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, we try to flip over new leaves and start over again and do that and we're always back at it again and back at it again because that stuff cannot set you free but Jesus will make you free indeed you'll really be free you'll certainly be free you will be cleansed if there are any reasons at all to revisit the past it would be so you could resolve what's hindering you in the present. And so you can bring it to God and, and let His grace and mercy cover it. Maybe to forgive yourself or to forgive those that hurt you. You do it only so you can walk in wholeness using what you've learned that this no longer has a hold on me. And so to experience that freedom and that pain from our past, that uh, like I said, you, you've got to embrace... This gospel, this good news that Jesus said, I was, before anybody else preached it, he preached it. The good news, and that's what Paul said in Romans 1 and 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to everybody that believes, Jews and Greeks. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, we've got to have faith in the message. Truth, the, the gospel is truth. Truth equals freedom. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. That's why he can say, if the Son makes you free, he's saying, if the truth makes you free. That's actually what he said, John 8, I guess I'll go there, 8 and 31. Uh, Jesus was speaking to the Jews that believed on him. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You're changed. There's that word, indeed again. You're really my disciples if you continue in my word. And you'll know the truth. How? From my word. You can believe what he says about your freedom. You can believe what he says about your past. And he said, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And here's people that have not understood free, real freedom. Because these Jews look at him and they go, We're Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. Have you forgot about that little stint in Egypt? 400 years of uh, making bricks and temples and working and whips and chains. And uh, Have you forgot about, or maybe that 70 years in exile in Babylon. Have you forgot about those things? But see, when somebody's not free, putting on a show. We've never been in bondage to anybody. How are you going to say we're going to be made free? When you believe you're something and you're nothing, you deceive yourselves. And they were deceived, trusting in only what they, they could see and what was that that past. And, and then covering it up. They just put a piece of sheetrock over that broken past. Nobody, because they walk around like, you know, Jesus talked about how they did, how they walked around proud and boastful and self-righteous and, holier than thou and all these things. And they were putting on a show so nobody would know. They, 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 we're the biggest and the best of the group. And he said, woe unto you. But then he tells them, listen, if you commit sin, you're the servant of sin. And then he said again in verse 36, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. So you ain't going to be free just because you were born out of Abraham's loins because you're Abraham's seed that's not what makes you free what makes you free is this belief this gospel this truth faith comes by hearing Romans 10 and 17 comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God your freedom comes from the things that Jesus has said the things that God says about it and his word is forever settled his word will accomplish. It won't return void unto him. It it accomplishes what it's set out to do. And so when it speaks to your freedom, you've got to believe that. You, you can't just read, well, he forgives my sins. Great. But he also forgives what's done against you. He's, he's like, look, I'm letting it go. you got to understand that whoever hurts you the worst, God will forgive them. Whoever hurts you the worst, God will fill them with the Holy Ghost, and they'll be dancing on streets of gold one day. And he needs you to know that so you can be free. Because you're like, I can't forgive them. Well, guess what? God can. So you need to get on the page with God so you can be free indeed. There was a story. uh, I've read this somewhere. The author of this uh, book made reference to it. But uh, in World War II, there was an uh, island in the Philippines there was a group of Japanese soldiers. They were like a, a guerrilla group that would uh, sneak attack and, and do things like that. So they stayed in the jungle, small group going through there, attacking the enemy, things like that. Well, while they were in the jungle, cut off from communication, the Emperor of Japan signed the treaty. That's it, the war's over. They don't know that. They're still in the jungle, weapons, fighting in their mind. We've got an enemy. That's all they believe. That's all they know. Because the good news ain't the good news until you hear it. <laughs> I mean, it's it, you know, it, until you can uh, hear. It. That's why faith comes by hearing. Until you, until you can hear it. Until you can embrace it. It don't mean nothing. It won't. It won't work for you. You've got to have it. So when they finally got these guys out, they had to convince them. Said, "Hey, look." You've got to uh, lay this stuff down. You know, they 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 come out there. They're they're hating people. They're mad at people. They they've got fear, anxiety. The war had ended, but not in their mind. And that's what when when Jesus went to Calvary and when He paid that price, man, He finished. He's it's finished. The war's over. You're fighting battles that Jesus has already won. Uh, there's there's already been victory declared on all those hills. He came to get rid of all of it. He's already given. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. We've already got the victory. Uh, so don't be, don't be fighting a war that's already over. It's already been uh, from the foundation of the world. The Lord knew I, I got a plan to free my people. He, would, he didn't just mean it one time when he said, let my people go. He meant that was going to happen from now on. And so what these soldiers learn is like what I just said, the good news isn't good until you hear it, until you embrace it. And so once we receive the good news, uh, we've got to make the, uh, only when we receive that good news, that's, that's when the battles stop in our mind. That's when, because uh, you see, the, the challenge with painful experiences in past is that they don't just happen physically, but they happen in our heart. They happen on the inside. They, they hurt us inwardly. They hurt our emotions. They, they, uh, but we've got to believe that God's not just going to wash me. He's not going to cleanse me and wash me and leave me a prisoner. You know, uh, we've, we've got a song by Brian Duncan. that said, I've got to get it into my heart and out of my head. Uh, you know, you've got to get this in your heart because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And you're never free indeed if you don't really believe that. I believe Jesus makes people free. Then why aren't you free? Because you hadn't really grabbed it yet. You haven't really accepted it yet. There's some reason you're thinking, yeah, that freedom's for everybody else but me. But that's not true. It's for all of us. Freedom begins and it ends. These, in our mind, these battles in our mind, uh, that's where we win or lose a lot of times in our mind. We're held captive by the constant parade of self defeating thoughts. Come on, you know that you're your own worst enemy. And we we constantly, the enemy is our accuser, and he's always uh, advertising these things you're thinking as the truth. I can tell you why they're not the truth, because they're binding you up. The truth will set you free. And so if you're, these thoughts are closing you in and shutting you down and pushing you back, it's not the truth. Jesus said he's a liar and the father of lies. There's no truth in him. Stop Listening to that, him backing that, he'll always back you up. Oh, I'm a loser. That's right, you are. You really are. I'll never be free. That's right, you won't ever be free. He'll always agree with you and back you up on that. Uh, You've got to stop doing that. It's a lie every time he says it. Walking with God in true freedom requires that you make daily decisions about what you will think and how you will think. Philippians 4 and 8 told us what to think about. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, uh, just, whatsoever things are lovely. He said things that are a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, then think on these things. Get the garbage out of your mind. Get the trash out of your mind. Get those negative, ugly thoughts out of your mind. Push that stuff. Oh, how do I do God gave you the ability to do that. I don't know how to do it. Pray, read his word, think on the right things, and it will push them other things. It's just like light. The scripture says his word brings light. Well, those are dark thoughts. You know what dark does when light comes on? It goes. You turn the lights on, Where'd that darkness go? It can't stay where light is. And so you don't want that darkness in your life. You want to be free in deed. And so that word there, think, it means take inventory. It's the English word, not the Greek, but the English word would be like logic. That's what, uh, it would be where logic is implied. So think about somebody who is not, let's see, we got some accountants in here, deal with numbers. You know what? numbers have got to add up. It ain't worried about the ebb and flow of emotion or what's going on in any exterior. When you've got a list of numbers, and it's supposed to be this, and it don't add up, there's something missing. That's just a fact. That's just a truth, and that's all that is. And and so, uh, you know, you think about things that are truth. This has got to add up. Guess what adds up? His word adds up. Think about those things. Think about the truth. Um, Freedom happens when we accept God's forgiveness. I said this earlier, not just of ourselves, but of thus, those of us who caused us pain. You know, when we uh, quote, "We love Acts two thirty eight. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Promises unto you, your children, all the far off. Well, right there, there's two things happening." our freedom in that because the word remission when you look it up in the Greek the very first definition is freedom so repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the freedom from sin now we know that's where the blood's applied and the blood of Jesus shall cleanse us from all sin all the sin I did and all the sin that was done to me did someone sin against you and it hurt you and left a mark? What he did will fix that. He can make you free from those things. God's forgiveness of ourself and of those who cause us pain is that's finally free. That's free indeed. Forgiveness is the gift that allows me to receive God's promise that the past is behind me. Forgiveness is the gift I receive that allows me to live. This new life today, forgiveness is also the gift that I give to those who have hurt me. And forgiveness is the gift that opens the door to freedom and new possibilities and relationships in my life. Forgiveness is not just what we receive. It's what we give. That's God's word. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Didn't Peter say, Didn't Peter said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive? Jesus said, If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. So he told him. He began to talk to him about forgiveness. Because, Peter, you'll never be free. You won't be free just because you have the Holy Ghost if you can't forgive. You'll have access to liberty, but access will be denied as long as that's quenching the Spirit. The Spirit wants to give you liberty. Forgiveness will quench the Spirit. There are gifts that come along with the Spirit. Some of our actions. Quench the Spirit. The Spirit can't lead you, guide you into all truth. What is it? The Spirit should lead you into all truth because the truth makes you free. He has nothing more than wanting us to be free indeed. Not a show, not an act, not, not good uh, you know, promotional material for your church. He wants you free indeed. And it can happen. Think about Oh boy. Uh, if you're in the foyer, you're just going to have to hold on one more minute. Listen, think about in the scripture. You know, we talked about how one instant, one time of life, it marks somebody forever. Hello, Rahab. Oh, Rahab. Still Rahab the harlot. Bless her. But she wasn't. She was not a harlot anymore. When the scripture references her, in uh, in Hebrews 11 and 31, it's talking about her past. It needed to be known that this is what she was. By faith, the harlot Rahab. She didn't perish with them that believed not when she had received the spies in peace. Uh, She she was justified in her acts and what she did. Uh, When she did that, it was an act of faith. She did that. That was what the harlot Rahab did. Did she change? You ever heard the, the term marrying up? Listen, Rahab married up because she lived a life. I don't know why, how, what she got into the lifestyle she was in. I have no idea. I don't know if she was forced into it. She was abused. I don't know what happened in her past, why that happened. But I do know that she, when she left Jericho with Israel, she could have just parted on off and went to another city and started up somewhere else. But she didn't because she said, all the things that were hurting me, all the, the men in this city that were hurting me and using me and abusing me, they're gone. They're dead. That stuff's out of here. And uh, I'm free. I'm free indeed. Nobody else in this, except a few, even know what I was. And one of them who knew who she was married her. Because that's not who she is anymore. She's free Indeed. And she's also in the lineage of Jesus Christ, if you want to read your Bibles. She married up. Woo-wee. There'll be another woman we'll meet in heaven. We don't know her name. We just know her as the woman at the well. But she'll be able to recount to you and I. All the hurt, all her, the way her relationships were always so messed up. She said, "I had had five husbands. I was living one, number six. But when I met the seventh man, when I met the seventh man, seven is that number of completion. The Bible says we are complete in Him. Which, when I met Him, all that changed. He, 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 uh, he fixed this. She'll be able to tell us how that I was no longer." jumping from place to place in relationship to relationship, my life changed forever. So freedom from the past is when you allow God to give you the courage to embrace this newness, the new relationships, the new things with others. Your future is never anchored to your past. It's not. You can stand with me. I'm going to go ahead because I know I'm I'm running now. Remission of sins is so, you know, it's really a, When you understand what remission actually means, there's even more of an urgency for people to be baptized in his name. Because sure, they need to be washed from the sins. And that's why Jesus came for the remission of sins past. Our past, all of it. It means freedom. It means pardoned. It means deliverance, forgiveness. It means liberty. Remission of sins will set you free from the things that weigh you down. It don't just wash you and make you white as snow. It frees you from the weights and the sins and the things that would hold you back. And, and we're never going to break out of our little secret safe house on our own. Any prisoner who ever walked out into, came out of that darkness into God's marvelous light is a living testimony, a living trophy of His grace and mercy, uh, a masterpiece of God's mercy. Listen, put John 8 and 36 up one more time. If the Son, you've got to get it now, if the Son therefore shall make you free, His sacrifice makes it possible. I'm standing at the door knocking. And if you'll open up, I'm going to come in and it's going to be better. But you got to open the door. So the sacrifice makes it possible if we allow it. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall, You wouldn't, without a doubt, you shall be free indeed. So, so we've got to just, I, I know we're going to suffer things in this life. Don't I understand the suffering part, But, but if we think we're just going to be a, A kickball for this world till Jesus comes back to get us. That's not the way He intended us to live. We're not a doormat, a punching bag for this world, and we're just barely hanging on till finally. Oh, thank goodness the rapture finally happened. We're supposed—we're supposed to live victoriously. We're supposed to live free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you got the Holy Ghost, come on somebody. But, yeah. But don't quench it. Don't quench it with your well, ain't nothing more powerful than the Holy Ghost. There ain't. But you know some of the most powerful things are held back by just the tiniest tiniest little things. Even a gun has a safety on it. As long as that safety's engaged, can't do nothing with it. But when you let those negative thoughts rule your life, rule your heart, you're quenching the Spirit. You might feel chills, but chills ain't never set nobody free. (laughs) You've got to be free indeed. You've got to really be free, certainly be free, clean was like the third definition in there I want to be clean when I go down in that water well you will be but you'll also be free come on lift your hands to him right now lift your hands up to him lifting your hands up is a sign of freedom come on get your hands up this morning don't stay shackled don't let them shackles and then weights hold you back lift your hands Because you're free indeed. You repented. You were baptized in His name for the remission of sins, for freedom. And I'm declaring it right now, the promise of what Jesus said. That He's going to open up the prison doors and you're going to be able to walk out. You're going to be able to go. You're going to be able to move. You're going to be free in your life, free indeed. You're not just going to worship on Sunday and be locked back up. You, you ain't getting a weekend pass. You don't come to church to get a weekend pass and just enjoy some blessings for a little bit and then go back to the prison on Monday. Oh, no. This is where your life is starting at. This is where new life is starting today. This is where liberty and freedom is starting at today. Oh, God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, you're not a prisoner anymore. God's setting you free. Jesus by your power. Jesus in your name. Hallelujah. 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 I know that people are waiting outside the door, but let me tell you, right now, God's trying to work on your heart. God's trying to work on your mind. The Holy Ghost is trying to lead you into some truth. Hallelujah. That you're free indeed. You're really free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many believe you're really free this morning? Come on, clap your hands. I can tell you how you know when you're really free, when something tries to lock you up, you'll pray and sing praises anyway. And then you'll be free indeed because chains will fall off and doors will open up. Paul and Silas will tell you how it happens. You go ahead and realize, hey, nothing on me that's going to stay because I'm free indeed. There ain't nothing on me that's going to keep me locked up because I'm free indeed and just... Hang on another moment and you're going to see the door swing open. Because God's going to make a way where there was no way. Thank you, Jesus. When he said, I'll make a way. In every temptation, in every trial, I'll make a way of escape. So you can bear it. He said, I'm not going to let you stay in something that will cause you to become a prisoner again. I'm not going to let you stay in a situation that will cause you to be locked up again. I'm going to make a way. I'm thankful. And I'm glad today you can finally let go of the past. In Jesus' name. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll take about ten minutes. Let you go get you some water. Run the restroom right quick and let people get in. And then we're going to get started. Thank you for worshiping. Let's get ready. God's not done. Service is not over. We're fixing to have a good good outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. God bless you.